the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in 2 Thessalonians, and as I've said many times, this is where Paul is speaking in the second letter. He's speaking to young believers, and he's saying to them, our new believers, and he's saying to them, you have within you a great light. You have within you hope. But I want you to know that the day is coming when all of that will be revealed. And Paul is trying to encourage these new believers by painting them a picture of the second coming of Christ. By making it real clear for them what they could anticipate. The glory of their God and the glory of that time and the glory that is within them. Paul wants to give them something other to hope in. Paul wants to give them something other to believe in than just the animosity and the persecution and the trials of the temporal world, of externals. So he begins by describing for them the second coming of Christ. Today we're going to look at verses 10 through 12 in the first chapter. But I'm going to start reading with verse 6 and finish with verse 12. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 6 through 12. It is a fair decision, since it is a righteous thing with God, to repay with distress and afflictions those who distress and afflict you, and to recompense you who are so distressed and afflicted by granting you relief and rest with us, your fellow sufferers, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flame of fire, to deal out retribution, chastisement, and vengeance upon those who do not know, or perceive, or be become acquainted with God and upon those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such people will pay the penalty and suffer the punishment of everlasting ruin, destruction, and perdition, and eternal exclusion and banishment from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He comes to be glorified in His saints... On that day he will be made more glorious in his consecrated people, and he will be marveled at and admired in his glory reflected in all who have believed, who have adhered to, trusted in, and relied on him, because our witnessing among you was confidently accepted and believed and confirmed in your lives. With this in view... 
we constantly pray for you, that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling and his ever-gracious purpose of goodness and with power may complete in every particular work of faith. Faith, that is, that leaning of the whole human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Thus, may the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified and become more glorious through and in you. And may you also be glorified in him, according to the grace, favor, and blessing of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. As you look at verse 7, if you look at verse 7, you see within verse 7 really the theme of the whole chapter. It's where Paul says, when Jesus is revealed. When Jesus is revealed. Everything that these new believers were enduring in this time of persecution will seem as nothing when Jesus is revealed. Everything that they had gone through will seem a minor incident when Jesus is revealed. When Jesus is revealed, there will be rest and there will be refreshing. There will be glory when Jesus is revealed. When Jesus is revealed, the truth will be made plain. But for the lost, there will be distress and affliction when Jesus is revealed. There will be retribution, there will be punishment and everlasting ruin when Jesus is revealed. And it will end in eternal exclusion and banishment from the presence of our Lord for those who refuse to accept Jesus. Quite a contrast, isn't it? But all of this will be so when Jesus is revealed at the second coming, the punishment of the wicked and the eternal blessing for the child of God. And here's the truth of it. It will be the just, it will be the just judgment of God. And you ask, well, how in the world could that be just? Well, it can be just because of Jesus. It could be just because when you received Christ... When you were born again, you received His righteousness. You received His holiness. You received His purity. And it is just because Christ took upon Himself all of the sin and all of the damnation that would have been poured upon you. And He bore it to the cross and He rebirthed you. He literally gave you a new life. A new life that would not stand under the condemnation of God. A new life that would literally be accepted with open arms and could enter into the presence of God without condemnation, without judgment. A new life that was pure and meant to express the glory of God. That is how it is just. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, But it is from Him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God, and our consecration, making us pure and holy, and our redemption, providing our ransom for the eternal penalty of sin. You see, the reward for the child of God is the revelation of Christ, both now and in the end, at the second coming. 
The abundant life that Jesus came to give us is Jesus' life. It is his life. And Paul is telling the Thessalonians that you are, at that time, at the end time, at the second coming of Christ, you will see the full revelation of the Christ that you worship. You will know that Christ is your great reward. Romans 6, 22 and 23 says, But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become the slaves of God, you have your present present reward in holiness, and its end is eternal life. For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul says, one day at the second coming, all the eyes of creation will see the truth of you. And they'll see the truth of your God in that one glorious moment. Let's look at verse 10, where this is described for us. It says, when he comes to be glorified in his saints, on that day he will be made more glorious in his consecrated people. And he will be marveled at and admired in his glory reflected in all who have believed who have adhered to, trusted in, and relied on Him, because our witnessing among you was confidently accepted and believed and confirmed in your lives. When He comes, you notice Paul's not being specific about the time or the date of the second coming. The second coming is actually when Jesus is coming to punish the wicked, to set up His kingdom, and to reveal the fullness of His glory through, in, and through His saints. This is also when he'll usher in the millennium reign. The verse says that he will be made more glorious through his saints. Now, that's you. That's who that is. He will be made more glorious through you as his saints. And remember, this is after the rapture. This is actually after the rapture, and you will be coming back with him, and his glory will be revealed and magnified in you. Now, the Amplified says that His glory will be reflected in you, but I want to point out that you're in union with Christ for eternity. That didn't just happen here. Scripture says you're in union with Him for eternity. You are in union with the glory of God, which is Christ Himself. So the glory of God is not just reflected, and, and many of your commentaries will say, well, at that point you will reflect Him like a mirror, like a mirror would reflect the sun. But it is not just reflected from you, it is revealed from within. You see, as a new creation, we express His glory. We don't just reflect His glory. We will return with Him on that day in our resurrection bodies and in these new glorified bodies that were literally made glorified, made to express the glory of God, to literally magnify the glory of God. In that day, the glory of God will be seen being expressed through the body of Christ. Christ will be glorified in a way that has not yet been seen. Everyone who sees it will marvel at His glory. And I believe that this is actually going to be the first time that all of creation will see the whole body of Christ with the head of Jesus. 
I believe this will be the first time that Jesus displays Himself in His fullness with all of His saints. And the glory will be so great that all will marvel, even you. What a glorious day that will be. But you know, even now, because we have His life, we are to express His glory. That's the natural function of the child of God on that day. On that day, we'll express His glory, but the natural function of the child of God is to express His glory day by day. Now, right now, it's not seen in such grand splendor, but it's expressed through these little jars of clay. The idea is that the Christian, in his daily living, will express the glory of God in the uniqueness of the way he sees. You know, when we began this, when I began speaking with you, I said that, that we have a light within us that literally makes things plain. So we're going to speak sometimes out of that plainness. We're going to act sometimes out of that revelation. And we're not even going to know or understand what people are seeing because it will seem natural to us. And it is natural. It's who we are. It is what we were made to be. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. We don't just become. It is not yet disclosed, made clear what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall be as God's children, resemble and be like Him. For we shall see Him just as He really is. You see, people can't see, not even you. You can't see with clarity the truth of the new creation that is within you. But let me assure you, that new creation is made in the image of its Creator. And it is made to express His glory. And one day, when we all see him face to face, we will see, we will see the resemblance. But you know what I believe to a large degree that, that resemblance is going to be in the life that is expressed through us, the glory that is expressed by us and through us because our lives are in union with him. I believe that is going to be the greatest resemblance we have to him. We as Christians possess his life and the light of his glory within us now. Of course, it's, again, not very clearly seen. But it, it is realized in our living by faith. You see, the issue for us is never about whether or not God is working in our lives. It's never about whether or not God wants to reveal Himself through our lives. It's never about whether or not we are walking in union with Him, because that never changes. The issue with us, as you will hear me say over and over again, the variable for us is simply this. Will we, by faith, participate in the truth of who we are? Will we, by faith, recognize that we're in union with that life, and that life's natural expression is love? That life's natural expression is joy. That life's natural expression is praise. And everything that you would put in your mind through the Scriptures of what the epitome of a Christian would be is the natural expression of Christ, and it is the natural expression of you. That's the truth of you. And this is not something we have to try to put on. This is not something we have to learn to put on. Though in Ephesians he does talk about putting on. But what he is saying, he is saying for you to externally represent and manifest the truth of you internally. 
It's already true of you. We just yield to it. Well, you say, that sounds awful easy. Well, it is, but it isn't. You'll have to deny yourself. You will have to deny your will for His will. You will have to yield yourself to receive. Not just to receive, but to participate. As I use the illustration many times, you guys are already at the dance. It's whether or not you're going to get off the wall and do something. You know? You're here. But you didn't just show up to lean against the wall. God said, I came that you might have life. Well, what do you think he's talking about? He's talking about his life. He's not talking about your life or your description of life. He's talking about his life. We all possess that. We are to yield to our inner union with Christ that the world might see that light within us through the expression of our living and how we live. Ephesians 5.8 says, For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Lead lives of those native born to the light. Do you get the feeling that it's natural? It is. It's how you were made. It's how you were born. In order to walk in the light, we must be walking in the truth of who we are. We must be living it out by faith. That brings me to verse 11. Look at verse 11. With this in view, we constantly pray for you that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling and His every gracious purpose of goodness and with power may complete in your every particular work of faith. Faith which is that leaning of the whole human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Now see, Paul is praying that this glory that these new believers possess within would be manifested in the way they live. Well, for them, he needs continued to be manifested in the way they live. And I want to remind you that as a Christian, you're counted worthy by birth. By birth, you're counted worthy. This is not a matter of you becoming worthy. This is a matter of you living out and proving who you are. Acting like who you are. Behaving like who you are. Paul is not talking about becoming, he's talking about being. Paul is praying that these new believers hold fast to their calling and God's every gracious purpose. You see, what Paul is praying for is that they yield their lives to the purposes and plans of God. That they may be affirmed in faith, because that's how we're affirmed, as we yield and walk in it. And know for themselves the greater blessing of God's grace over worldly comfort. And that's the contrast they're looking at. Because you see, they were in severe persecution. And at any given time, they could have said, you know what, this Jesus thing is too much, I can't handle it. You know what, I'll believe what you guys believe, just leave me alone. And they would have been done. Or they could have moved. And they would have been done. They could have reassembled their lives in worldly comfort without the persecution. But you know what? They came to the conclusion that the grace, the power, the life of God exerted through them under the hardships of persecution, under the trials and the burdens that they bore, they discovered that God is greater, that Jesus' life is richer, that the great reward was Christ's life within them. So Paul says, hold fast to the truth. Hold fast to the purposes of God. Hold fast to the plan of God and His calling. 
God has a plan and a calling for them, and God has a purpose for what they were going through, which at that time was severe persecution. God's plan and purpose for those Thessalonians at that given time was to allow severe persecution. God calls this purpose, now get this, Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, calls this purpose, this thing that they're going through, God's gracious purpose of goodness. That's what God says He has for them in the midst of persecution. He has a purpose that is going to display His grace and His goodness. Do you believe God has a purpose for you where you're at? Can you believe that it is His grace and His goodness that has allowed you to be where you're at right now in your life? Can you believe that? Because if you don't believe that, then you're one of those that is always trying to get on to the best, to the better, to the good. That everything for you in life is a transition, and hopefully for the better. Now look, I've gone through a lot of transitions in my life. Some of them I saw Jesus in, and I enjoyed. And some of them, frankly, were just flat miserable. And you know what? It's very hard to say when you're suffering. You know what? I'm enjoying this. But you know what? That's not what God's asking you to do. God's not asking you to enjoy the suffering. He is, Paul isn't saying, hey, you live up that persecution, man. Really enjoy it. That's some good stuff. I'm glad you're in it. He's not saying that. What he's telling them is that God's grace and God, this is what they know, God's grace and God's sufficiency in the midst of persecution is better in the midst of persecution than the worldly comfort you receive without it. And what we need to stand in when we enter into those times, quit trying to get on with life. I keep telling myself this. Quit trying to get on. That's really hard for young people. But, you know, quit trying to think about what, what it's going to be like when I can just get over this hump. What it's going to be like when I can just get beyond this. What it's going to be like when things level out here. And won't it be wonderful? And then some are so miserable they're saying, oh, won't it be great when Jesus returns? They've taken it out that far. But stop. Recognize God's gracious purpose in His life where you are right now. Know that He has placed you there. And God is not the sadistic ruler who puts you and dangles you above the fire to watch you wiggle. He is a God of love that has placed you in this circumstance because He knows that in the midst of these trials, in the midst of this refining fire, what is true and best of you will come to light and give you the capacity to know Him in a greater and fuller way. And you know what? That's our reward. That's what we're here for. That's what it's about. Ephesians 2.10. You've heard me read this many times. It's one of my favorite verses. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. That means born anew. That we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us, taking paths that He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. We were created, born anew, for the works and purposes of God. That's what we were created for. 
The paths that have been prepared for us are prepared for us that we may have the fullest revelation of His life within us. That's what they're prepared for. And manifest that life to the very ones He's intended to see it. And they are on your path. They're in your checkout stand. And God has put them all about you on the path that you are on so that the unique expression of His life, His love, His light would be expressed and they are there to see it. You see, you are on the perfect path. You are exactly where God wants you to be. You know, I hear a lot of sermons, are you in the will of God? Are you in the will of God? You better get in the will of God. I understand the heart behind that, but let me tell you something. God is sovereign, okay? And His will will be done. But you know what? Your option is to be in the plan of God by participating by faith in the truth of God and recognizing Him and and having your heart and arms and soul open to receive all that He has for you where you're at are to close your heart and your mind and harden your will to trudge through it and get through it and and pray there's no more suffering on the other side. Self-protection. When you live like that, folks, you're living just like the lost. They're living in the same world. It's the same goals they have. Listen, God has to remind me from time to time. But my goal is not comfort. It's not to get on and get beyond. Right here, right now, I'm exactly where where God Himself has purposed me to be. And I know that wherever He has purposed me to be, the revelation of Christ is there awaiting me. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.